1: oh my gosh, we could talk for like an hour about how to price your work. Like what is asking what the value is of your own work? Because that's a struggle for everyone, I would assume, like, you know, because you're like, ooh, am I worth that much? The answer is usually yes. And I think a lot of times people don't take into consideration what you are saying about taxes. Do you want any money at the end? <laughs> that is the question.
0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Community Experience Podcast. Today I am talking to Sarah Jane Hess, who is the Director of Operations at SPI Media. That's right. We work together and she's actually co-hosted with me before. And this conversation is long. So buckle in because it's worth listening. I would say it's a two-parter. The first half-ish we are talking about like from an HR perspective, like what? Our considerations when trying to get help in your community, be that a contractor, an employee, a volunteer. And then we kind of just go, we flip the script and she starts asking me some questions about dealing with issues in community and just kind of how that differs from dealing with issues in a workplace. So we had a blast. I hope you do too. Enjoy. Welcome to this episode of The Community Experience. I'm here with my work bestie, Sarah Jane Hess, who's the Director of Operations at SPI Media. Hello, friend. Oh, hello. Thanks for having (laughs) me back. (laughs) We are already giggling. We're going to have a blast. I hope you equally have a blast, dear listener. So why is SJ slash Sarah Jane here with me? I badgered her until she agreed, but also... She has a little bit of experience in HR. Would you like to share that experience real quick so people know you're legit?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. I would love to give evidence of my legitness. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so standard I standard procedure. Right. Standard <laughs> procedure. Let me pull up my HR card. <laughs> no, I've been working in an HR capacity in some way, shape, or form since 2016, all in like really small businesses, startups. And I recently got my SPHR certification, which is a senior professional in human resources. I don't remember what it was exactly. SPHR. All I can tell you is it was six months of really intense studying and a giant exam at the end. <laughs>
0: so, yeah. And the kind of exam where you like go somewhere,
1: right? And they like watch yes. you. Yes, yes, 100%. The testing center. Yep, they're like there are 10 cameras watching you don't be nervous (laughs)
0: okay you're fine you're totally fine thanks gary i appreciate that here's a list of contraband yeah (laughs) (laughs) well congratulations on passing that's a big deal anybody who doesn't know it's a big deal it's like thank you an mba but more useful
1: (laughs) yeah it's (laughs) It was huge. I don't think I was fully prepared for how big of a deal it was going to be and how much effort it would take. It took me a few weeks afterwards to like get used to not studying every single night and weekend. Really glad I'm not doing it. Yeah. As someone who lives in the same state as you and likes to hang out with you in
0: person, I found it very inconvenient. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see you for ages. <laughs> And even when we did, is like can we hang out? And you're like, well, I'm gonna study for hours, and then sure, we can go do this thing, and then I'm gonna go home and study. And I'm like, that's really inconvenient for what my agenda is. But just kidding. For was, my
1: plans, we yeah. we
0: made it work as as you do. It helps that we don't live that close together, I guess. So it's true. Otherwise, I probably would have been. I probably would have been an honorary SPHR. I'm like, well, I'll help you study if that means we can hang out.
1: Oh yeah, you would have known all of the flashcards for sure. So anyways, yeah. So
0: I wanted SJ to come on and talk about things that I see a lot in different communities that questions I get a lot of from different people building community and like how how nice to have some in-house expertise to answer these questions for us. So I'm just going to throw scenarios out. Yeah. And we'll see how SJ does. And then we'll tell the testing center. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So I think a lot of us are... In roles in community where let's start with the like the entrepreneur side of someone has launched a community to be a part of their business and so they're running it like it's bootstrapped right and then you get to this point where you're like I need help and so you start looking at hiring and you ha- start looking at hiring someone to do say like part-time community work and the kind of common go-to is contractors and I know at SPI, and your past roles like you've hired managed and released many a contractor. So what advice would you give someone who's thinking about this and what what are the things they need to consider when looking for contract work specifically?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of a lot of things to consider. Yeah. Um <laughs> I think I think one is the first two that come to mind is gauging how much help you need, like how many hours a week do you need? Actually quantifying that so that you can turn that into a very communicable need. So figuring out how much time you need per week, and then also figuring out your budget. How much can you pay someone to do these things? And a lot of contractors work on an hourly What's that called? I don't know. They work hourly, so they get paid hourly. And I know we do with a lot of that with our contractors here as well, where it's like I don't know. Jillian works ten hours a week at fifty dollars an hour, you know. And most of the time, the contractors are dictating what that cost is, what their hourly rate is. So if their hourly rate is more than what you are expecting, then you're probably going to have to either downgrade the number of hours that you need and kind of calibrate that or keep looking for a different contractor. I know that one thing to take into consideration too is where your contractor is located, if they're in the U.S. or if they're abroad, because that has different tax implications. I would highly recommend using a system like Gusto, like a PEO to help you track and manage all of your contractor payments. It'll make your life so much easier. And taxes too, because they will take care of sending out tax documentation at the end of the year.
0: Gusto's the best. We really need to like... It
1: is. It, do we have an affiliate relationship with them? I don't know if we do, but... Yes and no. <laughs> they don't have much of an affiliate relationship or like an affiliate program. Yeah. They have like a referral program, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like you get like a hundred bucks if someone signs up.
0: Yep. Yeah. And I think it's like a gift card form. So... Yeah. Be right back. I'll, I'll get my personal gusto. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. HR's here. What did I say? No. <laughs> I heard nothing. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, j- joking aside, gusto is amazing. And I think so one thing I know people get caught up on is say, and I often recommend to people looking for part-time work in their community that they just need another set of hands. Sometimes hiring from within your community is great because you already have someone who's kind of doing the, you know, doing the job and so you can hire someone and that means they don't know much about contracting there are rules (laughs) there are quite a few rules that a lot of companies do not follow and so for people to be safe and do it correctly so that someone doesn't i forget what it's called but people can file something in their taxes to challenge that they're
1: a contractor their employee status yeah
0: yeah it's like an s 13 or something. I don't know. There's so many codes. There are so many. Yeah. So many. Yeah. I am actually kind of glad I don't know what it is. Cause that put me, they did a lot of this and, and I've been in, frankly, I've been in positions where I was hired as a 1099 and I should have been classified as an employee based on what they were having me do. So can you talk a little bit about the limitations like legally of when you hire a contractor, like what you can and cannot expect from them? Uh, Because I think a lot of people don't know this or they just choose not to.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's also one of those things that you can get into that territory without intentionally doing it. (laughs) So the way that the big difference between a 1099 and a W-2 is taxes. So a 1099, a W-2 is a full-time employee or a part-time employee, someone who your company pays taxes for and, you know. Taxes are taken out of their paychecks, things like that. A 1099 is someone is a contractor who you pay a lump sum to, and they are responsible for all the taxes. So that's a big difference. But for that, <laughs> for that status to be true, as someone who has hired a contractor, there is very little that you can dictate as far as how the work is done, when the work is done, a lot of the tools that are used. Um, so. If you are telling someone that they have to work certain hours during a day, for example, that's probably an employee, not a contractor. If you are telling them exactly how they have to do it, like with processes, with things like like, that is walking a very gray line. Now, sometimes, you know, like with SPI, for example, if we hire someone to help us with our emails, we use ConvertKit. And so anyone who contracts with us, they need to at least work in ConvertKit a little bit. So because there are some parameters, but for the most part, they are there to help you and you aren't. they are not there for you to dictate work to them. So hopefully that's helpful.
0: Yeah. There's rules kind of around like supervising too, right? I mean, you're kind of like hiring
1: them almost,
0: it's supposed to be framed as like a project
1: more or less depends on the agreement. So you can hire for like a single project or you can hire for ongoing work. At SPI, we actually use two different kinds of contracts. We have an overarching, like, this is our contract to work together at all. And then we have essentially a project schedule that is, it outlines the specific type of work that is included in the contract. Also, if you are asking someone to do something outside of that contract then they don't have to do it because that is not what they have agreed to do. They can tell you no, or you can also renegotiate a contract if that's something that you want to put in. But you should always honor a contract. Always.
0: I'm curious. So I'm sure I'm guessing our contracts that we use are kind of like we have a boilerplate version from our, our legal team who we also aren't they also contract with us? (laughs) And then we just modify it as needed. But like we pay in some capacity, we pay a law firm that we work with that helps us with those things. I'm curious if you have advice beyond, you know, talk to a lawyer where people can like, if someone's like, cool, what should the contract say? Like, is there a, is there a good place to go? Or is it go to we can give our legal teams? Number <laughs> or Wesley a drafted Call legal a might have. No. Yeah, <laughs> Wesley might have some uh, some supportive documentation. But yeah, I'm just curious where people can go.
1: So this is one of those questions I'll be very careful with because you you have a couple different questions in there. So one of them was what to include in a contract. I will list off a few suggestions, but they are not meant to be all-encompassing. So please don't take this as gospel truth. Here, Here's the mid-interview disclaimer that this is not legal
0: advice. Not legal advice, no. Yeah, you need to go figure it out on your own. We are just offering
1: some opinions. Continue. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Our legal team probably appreciates that too. So you should definitely declare who you are, who the contractor is in legal, legalese language. You should always state the rate of pay that you are paying them and then very clearly outline the work that is to be done. It's always good to good practice at least to lay out how this person should invoice you and how you're going to pay them. So, I found that setting more expectations and putting more information in is way better than not having enough. So, you want to try to answer as many questions for your contractor in that contract as possible. And I know a contract can sometimes be at such a pain. I'm sure if you're like one person, you know, running a whole business, you're like, oh my gosh, do I really have to do this? I will tell you that it will be worth it because the contract is there to protect you and the contractor. It's not just one sided. So always have a contract. One thing that I will say is if you work with a legal team, the nice thing is that if you can get that template, then you can continue to use that throughout. Like you get it once. And then you can edit as needed, which is kind of nice. All the heavy lifting is done up front. And then you just make small changes on your side. For someone who doesn't have a legal team, I would maybe look into something like LegalZoom, where you can get advice. I know that a lot of places like that will have templates that will actually help you get started at least.
0: Past podcast guest, and I don't know the... We'll put it in the show notes, the actual episode number, because... I don't have that kind of memory, but Wesley Henderson, who I mentioned earlier, he's also an SPI pro. If you go to draftedlegal.com backslash shop, they, he does have an independent contractor agreement. What I like about this over LegalZoom is he's like a a human lawyer based in South Carolina, but you can also like talk to him a little versus LegalZoom is a little harder. So I'm just going to throw that out because Wesley came on the podcast and is a delight. So there's an option or LegalZoom.
1: (laughs) I say legal team just because it is so popular and people know about it. But anytime that you can work more closely with like a human being, I would always recommend that. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah. Check out Wesley's website. Check out Wesley. You're welcome, Wesley. Just kidding. No, he's great. And I
0: think in that episode, there was a deal for listeners. Oh, so go check it out. We'll definitely try to like dig all that up. Thank you, team. Well, and just as an aside, because I think a lot of people, it's like, oh, I just want to hire someone for a few hours a week. I don't want to spend 500 bucks to, like with a lawyer creating these things. But if, one thing I've learned working at SPI and working with a lot of people with small business and kind of the bootstrap model, talking to a lawyer is a really good idea. Like having a You know, even if it's just like some sort of package that they help you get your business going and it includes some templates and whatnot, that's cheaper. It's so much cheaper than and you never think like, oh, well, that won't happen to me. It could like there's a lot of messy, messy things that can happen. And having someone like that
1: that helped you (laughs) and can help you is not terrible investment. It is a fantastic investment. And I will even say here's my turn to do a plug, which is our legal team, Stansbury Weaver, which I'm pretty sure you can find a link to them on our tools page. They are great. They're based in Columbus, Ohio. They are lawyers specifically for small businesses and entrepreneurs. The way that they price things is a fixed cost. So you tell them what you need, and then they say, Okay, here's a a cost that will cover all of that and if we go over that cost then like that's on us for not, you know, calculating that more accurately. They're fantastic. I've worked with them for years through the business and even like on a few personal things too. They've been really fantastic.
0: Man, we're just we're given all the all our rolodex of people this episode. They are great though. Right?
1: Call this person. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I I really like their pricing model. You know, you're talking about like small business owners who might not have a lot to work with, not having an hourly rate is great for legal because so many legal things can quickly get blown up. So having like a, you know, a templated like set limit that could be very beneficial for an entrepreneur. Yeah, I love that.
0: So just uh, kind of an aside from the main conversation, but are there other... So I think like having just a contractor template is super valuable to anybody going into business because there's a good chance you're going to use it. Are there other templates? Do you think if someone was going to call old Stansberry Weaver, old Stansberry Weaver. Know, and be like, I need a collection of templates.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's such a good idea. I love it. I would say we're yeah definitely getting away from contractor time here. That's okay.
0: That's okay. It's a little juicy bonus question. Yeah.
1: Even like maybe like a sales template. So for example, podcast ads, that's one that we do. So they put together a contract for sponsorships for us that we use for podcast ads we use for newsletter sponsorships. That's a really good one to have because you can also like, yes, it's for like the original one was for podcast ads, but I was also able to edit that myself for different types of sponsorships because the rest of it was written so well. And so accurate. Like I could just edit it for other things that we were selling. So sponsorships and I'm totally, now I'm back
0: on Wesley's, (laughs) now I'm back on drafted legal and he has so many. So I'm like, these are a good idea. Like a terms of use for website is always good. And we talked about that in, in Wesley's episode about, you know, so like our community is on circle. So technically we are covered under their terms of use, but kind of not really. So having your own terms of use which is a more legal version of community guidelines much more technical version for for our audience that's probably a good one right
1: yeah and if you think that you might hire w2s in the future you could always say hey can i get a template for an employee agreement for an nda for you know an employee handbook you know you can i know with our legal team I think the original handbook was drafted. We gave them inputs of like, here are the kind of policies that we want. And then they put it all together into a cohesive document, which is something that we, you know, we update every year. We audit and update as needed, but we're still working off that original template. So gotten our, our use out of it, our money's worth.
0: <laughs> all right. So let's get back to contractors. Cause again, I think that's a huge part of growing a community. So you could, you know, you have your agreement. That you've signed the contract and it kind of lays things out. Can you tell It's the end of the day at the end of the week? Do you have some like you need to do this sort of onboarding these sort of check ins? Let's start with hiring,
1: like onboarding and then just like day to day general. Yeah, oh my gosh, such a good question. So onboarding, you're definitely going to Need some legal information from them, just so that you know where to send the ten ninety nine. You know, at the end of the year, tax year stuff like that. I think onboarding them to whatever systems they are going to be interacting in, especially a community. Like, you can't just say, okay, add add you to the community, have fun. Like, they need to. Be shown the ropes. You know, like, here's the community, here are the different spaces. I'm obviously in your territory here. But, you know, on an ops side, if you use anything like Slack, like, you need to add them to those systems and then walk them through. I think one of the biggest things that can help you answer this question is by using a bit of empathy and saying, if this were me, what would I need to feel prepared and to get what I need to do this job? That's all onboarding stuff. I think setting expectations is also huge. So, having a touch points not just when they like when they start to set expectations from the beginning of hey, you have agreed to do 10 hours a week. So, I'm going to have you track your time or, you know, however you decide to have that accountability in place is big, but then also having some kind of touch point regularly. So maybe you meet on Mondays and you say, hey, here's how last week went. Here's what I'm expecting this week. Or here's what you know, I have planned, things like that. I don't think that you should ever hire a contractor, just like an employee. You should never just hire them and then just expect that they have everything that they need without checking in even if
0: they're a, one of your like top community members, which I think that's, that's something in this situation, like if you were to hire someone who's in your community, <laughs> like one, you're going to have to really, there's risks with that. I mean, there's benefits in that they understand your brand, your community. They kind of know their way around. They know how things work, right? You have to be careful because those people can easily turn, uh, you know, a little bit of power is a dangerous thing. And people, you don't know what, how they're interacting with people in, in ways you can't see. So off the platform, DMs, that kind of thing. And so you want to make sure they're good. And that might even mean like asking other people in the community, like, Hey, how's it going with Michelle doing this job? Is it good? And hopefully, you know, you have enough community trust that someone will be like, actually, (laughs) Um, or hopefully they'll be like, it's amazing. But even just really working on like, Hey, it's a little bit different boundaries when you're working now. Like you're not a user or you're not a member anymore. Like you are, but you're not. So you have to really keep that in mind. Also I found it's funny because a lot of times you'll people will come to you and be like, I want to help. I want to be a part of this. And often it's more in a volunteer capacity, but this can happen in a paid capacity too. And whatever, whatever it is, there's some sort of just magical curse (laughs) in community where someone will say that and you're like, okay, let's do this. And you spend time setting them up and then they just disappear. So that is, I think with a, like a a money on the table contract, like it's less likely and you can technically like terminate the contract. If you're thinking about volunteers, like (laughs) be prepared for that risk because they have no reason to like, there's no incentive as a volunteer other than intrinsic motivation. So something to think about. That's a whole other conversation though.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I think too, you know, the setting of expectations of, being very transparent and calling it out of like, hey, you are a user. Now you are moving into a different role. It's going to be different. I think laying that out from the beginning, you're probably going to have more success moving forward if you have that conversation at the beginning. I would even frame that as like,
0: if you're interviewing,
1: right? Yeah. Even if you know who you want to hire, you should still, I would say, do an interview.
0: And I'm sure you have thoughts on that. But specifically to say like, hey, this is going to be different do you understand that? And like, what questions do you have? Are you okay with that? And really, really address it because one person feeling disgruntled or taking a power trip or turning into like the mod cop, you know, can really, can really damage your community to the point of it being irreparable. Frankly, I've seen it happen. I was going to say, have you, have you had that experience? Oh my God. Yes. The dumpster fire stories. I could tell you. Yeah, I have. And especially if less so with paid, again, it's usually volunteer. And this is why volunteer programs are great, but you have to have, I would say, almost like more guidelines and expectations in place because it is very easy for someone who gets a little taste of power, and then you have to reprimand them in some way. To go rogue and like with a vengeance. Yeah. I could see it though with contractors too, because it's not like, let's be honest, they're not like paying for their entire life with that. And if they're kind of doing it because they thought it would be fun and then they get a power trip and then you have to talk to them, like there are very real instances where that person ends up being banned from your community because it just goes wrong. Here's a
1: question for you With your past experiences with the volunteers, has there been any kind of a contract in place with them? Like even just for volunteer work.
0: Yeah. So in simple terms, yes, but I would say legally they were always pretty weak. And like these were at like large companies that had I I wasn't in full control, right? So if I could do it myself and if I could do it over and, and be in charge more, um, I would say invest in the same kind of contract as someone you're paying for volunteers. And the NDA is a pretty big one too, because But the the nature of these types of volunteer experiences, they get to see a lot more behind the curtain. And that's part of the incentive often, and it's great. That's great, I think it's wonderful you want to have a, an NDA signed at the very least. But yeah, we would do sort of like expectations, onboarding, training, kind of like how we have in our communities now. We have moderation policies. There were moderation policies for these groups specifically, you know, that would outline like if you become inactive or if you become problematic or whatever it is. And like how, if you create disruption, like not only will you be removed from the program, but probably the platform too, because it's just so damaging. It's very tricky to have a volunteer program that is fair on both, not fair on both ends, valuable on both ends, but not the expectations aren't so high of those volunteers that they start thinking I am free labor. I think there's, there's just seems to be something to maybe It's just the places I've worked where as a volunteer online, people just get a lot sassier about the the expectations of the volunteer role. And I think it can be hard because I guess like you're limited a bit online with what volunteers can do. And it can very much emulate moderation or community management things. I'm curious what your thoughts are from that HR side and like creating these volunteer programs to help run the community, especially if it's a paid community. And the ones I'm talking about, were all free. So it was this whole other level. Like we weren't, it wasn't a paid community with, with volunteers working for free. There were free communities. Um, so I think it made more sense. Like it wouldn't make sense in pro necessarily, but then people want to help sometimes. They want to do stuff. So what are your thoughts from like a HR, like Spidey sense on guidelines or like things to think about? Besides all the horror stories,
1: I just t- 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 oh,
0: tell <laughs> like, no, I'm never doing that. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, thank you. Don't worry. Hard pass. Yeah. So, I mean, my first thoughts go to an agreement of some sort, like, you know, it doesn't have to be overly legal, depending on the community. You know, like you mentioned an NDA, like, depending on what they have access to, that will probably influence how much of a legal agreement that you want to have. I think that the other thing that we haven't really talked about much, uh, which is the other half of a contract, is accountability, So and that's where I think expectations are so huge. You set those expectations and you have laid the groundwork for them to be held accountable for what because they've agreed to something, right? Like they've signed an agreement. The expectations are there. And then you can very easily go to them if they are not meeting those requirements. You say, hey, this is what you agreed to. Since you are not doing this, like these are the repercussions of that. So. If they see you holding pe- even themselves or other people accountable, people in their same position, like you're probably going to have more success with them because they know that if they step out of line, like you're going to call them out on that. But I think accountability is huge. And I know we've had several times with contractors, even on the SPI side, where I'll say, okay, here's our contract. And they go, whoa this is so much more than I thought it would be. Like, this is like, this is the real deal. And I'm like, yes, what have you, what have you done before? But they take the relationship and the work much more seriously with a contract. And also with like, if you don't do these things, here's how I'm going to hold you accountable. So setting those expectations
0: early. I have a final question that is not about Contractors. And it's a total like Yeah, we've talked a lot about contractors. I know. I think I really think it's a big part of it. And it's a it's a question. Well, it's a question I get a lot. And the other question is how much should I pay them? And that's a very hard question because how much I would charge to do that versus someone who just loves your community that's in there part-time and want you know, like it's it it's a big range. And with contractors, you have to think about if you're not if you're not paying portions of their taxes and whatnot, which is part of the appeal, right? It's, it's more just like, okay, I just pay this money and I don't have to worry about benefits, taxes and whatever, but that person does. And it's high. I mean, anyone that's done contract work, you should be putting aside. I mean, I 30, 40% to the side just, and, and then doing like quarterly, you know, payments. And this is of course the U S only, I don't know what it is elsewhere, but you know, it's, and so that needs to factor in, like if your local target is hiring for 22 bucks an hour, that's, as an employee, right? So think about that. And why should this person, especially if they're doing it, cause they, they do, they're doing it for money. Like they're not just doing it cause they love your community and they're already there and all that. Like, let's be real that most people are going to expect to be fairly compensated. You have to factor in, okay, I should actually like the, the hourly rate should be a little higher than it would be as an employee, because offsetting some of those costs, at least that's
1: my opinion. <laughs> no, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think we could probably do, oh my gosh, we could talk for like an hour about how to price your work. Like what is asking what the value is of your own work? Because I guarantee that we, that's a struggle for everyone. I would assume, like, you know, cause you're like, Ooh, am I worth that much? The answer is usually almost always yes. But you know, you have to take into consideration how much experience you have, What kind of expertise? You know, I would imagine that like, depending on the community too, you know, if you're someone who just has joined and you're there for fun and, you know, I don't know, maybe it's a community for ice cream lovers. I love ice cream. I make ice cream every once in a while, but I am not an expert ice cream maker. I am not Jenny who makes the best ice cream in the world. So like, I'm not going to charge as much as if I'd been making ice cream my entire life. You know, also an ice cream community actually sounds a lot of fun, like a lot of fun. It's making me, I don't even like ice cream and it makes me feel hungry. I know, right? Yeah, but, but you know, considering your expertise and the subject matter that you are going to be working in, these are things you have to take into consideration. I know I'm a big proponent for people <laughs> charging what they're worth. We had a a contractor who I absolutely love with SPI who gave me a rate that he wanted and I was like, can I pay you more? <laughs> can, I, can I just up that a little bit? But yeah, it's, you know, pricing is is the hardest thing you will do. And I think a lot of times people don't take into consideration what you are saying about taxes in the U S at least. Yeah. If you want them to it, it to be worth their while. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do you, problem. do you want any money at the end? <laughs> that, that
0: is the question. I think it's important to, if there's someone you want and the rate is higher than what you were thinking, like they may also be able to do the work in less hours. Yes. Oh, that's absolutely true. I charge a a rate that I would not recommend anyone hire me to be the community manager for them. Like doing that, I mean, I could do it, but I also will do it very efficiently because I've done it for so long. Right. So you could maybe. Hire me for two hours with someone else you'd have to hire for eight or and I'm just making these numbers up, and no, you cannot hire me, but <laughs> I know you shouldn't like I would charge you way too much money for this, and I think really, like you touched on the like the ice cream community. I actually think for most communities, the skill set is more the actual community management than the topic expertise. Oh, that's a good point, only because like you're not hiring someone to be the expert if you are. That's a whole different conversation and a whole different pay grade. And that's not someone you're expecting to, you know, check engagement and do onboarding. That's someone you're expecting to show up and provide educational content or is answer questions and then probably
1: go. I, an ice cream mastermind. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> I'll be there. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we'll have
1: to do this again and to talk specific
0: pricing because you're right. That's something we cannot do. And a couple minutes are so
1: many topics that we could spend a lot of time mm-hmm. on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think at the end of the day too, is, you know, if you have a range and you can look due diligence, right? Go look at the freelancing websites where you can hire people. It's usually project or hourly. Their prices are usually a little higher because they have to offset. It's like Airbnb, right? Like they have to offset the the fee, like Upwork is a good example. Yeah. But you can kind of get an idea of what people charge. And usually those people have more experience. So that's something to keep in mind too. And you can kind of use that as a, as a going off point. If you say you're hiring someone straight out of your community that doesn't maybe doesn't have the experience, but you're okay with that because they've got the right vibe. And let's face it, you can teach anyone to do anything. You can't change personality.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think too, you know, from a contractor point of view, if you offer a rate that someone balks at, show them your work and show them that you're worth it to ask for that rate. So from an HR perspective, so most communities are made
0: up of strangers that have a common interest or goal, and they find themselves together in this community, whether it's paid or free. Now these are people in a group (laughs) in some capacity, and they start fighting. Are there any considerations on your side, thinking about it from like a business and like an like from HR ops kind of thing, when you have people who've joined this place? agreed to terms and are now just like going nuts. Oh my gosh. It's, it's a crazy question.
1: It is a crazy question. I don't know that I've been in this situation. Don't worry. I have a follow-up. <laughs> Excellent. I'm, I'm so excited for it. I know you are. <laughs> from an HR perspective, I mean, from, even from a business perspective, the red lights, like sirens that go off in my head are always around legal and compliance and also PR, you know, around like, oh my gosh, because you can't control what people are going to say. You know, someone goes to another community or posts on Twitter, like, this is a terrible community. I hate SPI or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. I hate this ice cream community. They're the worst. How dare they? There's a lady in there that doesn't like ice cream. Ew. Why is she
0: there? Ew, Jill.
1: Yeah. So... This is where this is where I throw it back to you. We're like, I would rely very heavily on my community moderators, which like, let's be clear, the community moderators should also be very aware of any kind of risks when it comes to legal risks or, I don't know, discrimination. uh, Like, these are nightmare scenarios in my head there should be a lot of communication between the community moderators and whoever is running operations or legal for the team. Yeah, I don't I don't have much beyond that because I would rely
0: on you. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's why you have terms of service. That's the serious like legal agreements of a website, but then the less legal but more just like handshake ones are your community guidelines. Which like worst case scenario held up in court. I mean, I'd be, I don't know if it's happened and if it happens, I hope it's a community I've never touched, but like, it would be interesting to see how that held up. I think the terms, the terms of service is always the backbone. And again, that's why it's worth investing in even if you're using a platform that has them, but yeah, I mean, well, you can't play favorites. And that can be hard because we're humans, but you cannot, you have to remember just to go like, again, I'm not a lawyer, but like your DMs, everything can be subpoenaed if it got to that. And so you really have to think about like, am I following the moderation policies of which I set out, which is hilarious because it's everything that happens is always in the gray area. I mean, yeah, sometimes someone will just come on and like, it's a very clear like block (laughs) (laughs) But more often than not, there's gray area. There's nuance. We're human. Humans are messy. Community is messy. And so just being really consistent and treating people the same, even the people that are a pain. I think it's natural to make friends in communities as a community builder, but there has to be at least on the platform and whatnot, there has to be a level of professionalism. Even if you're now hanging out with them in real life and whatnot, you're not, you know, talking about work, basically, it's, it's it has to be separate because things can get very ugly.
1: Well, and I see terms of service, the community guidelines. I see those going back to what I feel like I've just been saying this whole time. Like, I see those as the expectations. So they've agreed to it. You've agreed to it. You're going to hold them accountable for whatever behavior they have. I think what one thing that you said is huge, which is treating everyone the same. Because you could very easily get into the land of discrimination and favoritism. And these things are, those could ruin a community. I could see that happening very, very easily. Oh,
0: absolutely. And the second someone doesn't feel safe, forget it. And if you're, especially, there's a whole other layer of this with people in your community that identify in a marginalized community of any way. Someone might come to you and say, this thing happened. I'm so uncomfortable. And you're kind of like, what? That is not a big deal. But you have to recognize that person is having like a safety thing. And just because you don't understand it does not mean it's not valid. And you need to give people the benefit of the doubt and work with them, right? And sometimes it just doesn't make sense to you. And it doesn't
1: have to. Yeah. And, you know... (laughs) I've said like, oh, you set expectations and you hold accountable. Like it, nothing is when you work with humans, nothing is ever that cut and dry. It is never that simple. Never, ever. You can try your best, but you are always going to get curveballs. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that you are so very familiar with that.
0: <laughs> yep. Every time I'm like, I did it. And I'm like, oh, look at this, a lesson. But that's a, That's just how it is. And and I think a lot, the hardest part is not taking, like knowing what to take personally and knowing what not to. Because some things are very like, I will take some things deeply personally and feel a lot of feelings, like feel bad, feel guilty, remorse, because I don't like how I handled something. And I've found that saying that to people goes a long way. Cause it's you're willing to be vulnerable and, you know, and just be like, you know what? I wish I could do this over. And if I could, I would do it this way because I learned this. And again, it goes back to that we're human. You know, like will will AI take over community management? Like, probably in certain ways, honestly. But like, you you can never get around. Like, you live and learn, and you have to be willing to to do that.
1: Yeah. So I I have a question for you. No, okay, no. Yeah, like yeah. hearing you say that, as the director of a community, not a moderator, when you have had volunteers, contractors, how do you support them when they get in those situations where maybe they're dealing with a tricky situation? Ooh, that's such a good question. Yeah.
0: So, well, and I have the, you know, because I think a lot of people building communities maybe aren't coming from a professional community background and so probably would struggle a little with this. But I do this even with our community managers because I've done it all. I've seen it all. I've been called everything. I've been doxed. I've been harassed. You know, like all the things. couple of things. One, open door policy of like what happened. And if you did something that you wish you hadn't, now is the time to just like, it's okay. Like, it's like with your, you know, your parents, it's like, if you need me to come get you, you will not get in trouble. Just tell me to come get you and we'll deal with it later. I don't care what you smell like or what, you know, how you're acting, like just your safety is my priority. So it's kind of that same thing. It's like, okay, what's happening? And then, um, depending on the situation, I think depends, like if you jump in and take a, like take over because one, if it's volunteers, you need to be ready to fall on the sword for them pretty much all the time. You should not expect them to be de escalating beyond, Hey, I removed your comment or, Hey, I'm going to close. I'm going to, I'm going to lock this thread because it's getting a little, you know, but like, as far as like going to different people, and mean, like, what are you doing? You know? And, and like. Having tough conversations with people, that is not something a volunteer should ever just know. Don't put people in those situations. Like someone needs to at least be paid money for that. So for SPI, what we do is you reach out to the person and tell them what you did and why. And that's really important because that usually, sometimes, most of the time, depending on the community, will end it. Because if you don't do that, they start feeling very big brothered. You know, and it's like, oh, well, people are just going to mess with my post or whatever. So you want to j- like, you cannot shy away from arguments and tough conversations in community. You just can't. So you you message them and you say, hey, you posted this thing. It violated this guideline. So we removed it. The first time someone does something like that, we kind of, if it's it's harmless content, you know, it's like a sales pitch or whatever. It's not going to destruct the community. We'll just say like, hey, you probably didn't realize You give them the benefit of the doubt. You link them to the guidelines and you say, let me know if you have questions. I'm here to talk, you know, whatever. So it's very open. It's not, you're not scolding anybody. You're just educating. If they do it again, then it's like, okay, (laughs) then you would like kind of same thing, right? Like, hey, as I told you on this day at this time, (laughs) refer to the message above, right? I want to make sure you understand our guidelines because if you do this again, we will need to remove you from the community. So like you're telling people as they're going, like this is what's going to happen or, you know, whatever. And to the point where if someone just keeps messing and they have done it three times, three strikes is what we do. uh, Depending on the, depending on the severity, like I will kick you out in an instant. If you put some sort of like hate crime jargon or anything like that, like you're gone and you will not get a refund Um, and like goodbye. But you're kind of just like a, you know, depending on what it is, you're, you're setting the expectation, you're having an open dialogue. So it's things like that. I think like a someone that you're paying, you know, part-time, they should be able to do that, but you should be ready to tap in when it's beyond what they're comfortable with, within reason, right? Like they should be able to give moderation infractions that are like minor. You can establish what is the threshold where you want to jump in and get involved. And I would recommend it being anything about like, violence, sexual, weird stuff, anything that is like, ooh, right, like you should be in there. and mean, and you need to be ready to say this is not acceptable. You're gone, or this is your only chance. And like, you can hold that line. Like there's the like, hey, you probably didn't know. But if it's something that you're like, no, and you want to shut that down, like shut it down. And I think those are the things where it needs to come from the higher up. Yeah, I have a bit more of authority with it. Yes especially if you've like hired someone from the community that's like came as a, from a community member, like people are going to get pushy with them mm, yeah. in a way that is not cool, but I, like it happens. And so you just need to decide in your community what that line is, where it escalates to you. So I'd say volunteers can do basic basics. You can remove a post and email someone about it or not you know, I would even question like, do you want that pressure on them? Because again, that's a dynamic of like kind of more peers. And so it is like the hall monitor, right? Like people are like, Oh, it's the, it's the cop mod cops are here. Like they, <laughs> all these dumb, like people will like kind of treat them poorly. So I would recommend only paid people do that. And then, yeah, be willing to get in the mud <laughs> when you need to and wrestle the, <laughs> wrestle the alligator. Cause you just have to.
1: Yeah, it just comes with the territory. So so what I'm hearing is that, you know, going back to earlier in the conversation, we talked about onboarding, and I had mentioned systems. It also sounds like before you hire and onboard anyone, you should actually have community guidelines in place. And you should also create training around making sure that they understand those guidelines and then also understand what to do, like the user manual, essentially, right? Like, oh, the troubleshooting part of your user manual going, oh, if this happens, I need to do this. Like, it sounds like there is a lot of training that needs to happen to set this person up for success.
0: Yeah, I think it's more than just like, how do these systems and tools work? Like, how do I remove a comment? Like, yes. But then what's the follow up? And even creating like templates for people to be like, here's what you send someone when you're removing a comment. And it's the the basic, like, Hey, you, and then you just add in the details like you did X. So I am doing Y, <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's, there's definitely, I think a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm going to hire someone. So I have more time, but you have to realize you're going to put a lot of time into that. I was
1: about to say, so it sounds like a lot to put <laughs> together something like that document. So Now I'm wondering who the host of this show is because I'm asking you the questions. But let's say that you're someone who needs to develop this because you're going to hire contractors or have volunteers. Is there, you know, we talked about templates with a legal team. Are there templates that exist that would help someone create community guidelines or prepare this type of training that is needed? Publicly available? I'm, I don't know. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I've done a community guideline workshop
0: in SBI, Right but I haven't done it publicly. Maybe, maybe I'll
1: add it to my website. Yeah. Is that a workshop that maybe exists in the all access pass? It will. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, actually I could add that to all access.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm sure a Google search would provide some guidance and there might be someone out there that's done this and has all this available for people. But I think for at least for right now, it's important just to realize like that's part of it, you know, and plenty of people have, hired and and by the seat of their pants, figured it out on the go. But I think from a less about yourself and more about whoever it is you're hiring, but also your community members, it's much better to just assume the worst and prepare for that, both
1: in legal terms and in fighting and... Emotional terms. Emotional terms. Yeah. Yeah. So, and maybe... Last thing I'll say about that is it also sounds like this is a living document that you would make. Oh hell yes. Yeah. As you learn things, they just get added to that that guide. Yeah, I would say so. Our community
0: guidelines, we probably update at least twice a year, like with minimal, nothing crazy. Because inevitably it's usually this no soliciting one. That's probably our most common like issue. Yeah. Because people think they can join pro and then have a new customer base. And that's not, that's not true. So what we will do is as things happen and we reach out to people and say, Hey, we heard you're doing this or Hey, we removed your comment and here's why. And people will p- often just push back out of kind of like, huh, huh, you know, or just being like, Oh, sorry. I didn't know. That's what that meant. And so just getting the context from people. Cause again, like, you know, I think they're pretty darn clear, but some people don't. And so just listening to, well, what was confusing about no soliciting and what you posted? And they're like, I'm just trying to help people. So that impacts how we look at the wording and we say, huh. Or, you know, it's something that is an ongoing thing in, in our communities, in other communities I'm a part of, I see it happening as well, is this thing I've coined as digital etiquette. And it's just some people don't totally understand. I mean, let's be honest, some humans... Just aren't good at knowing social cues and whatnot, and that's fine. We all have our thing that we're like really awkward around, or or just like can't human right, or just whatever the group's doing. It's not the same as what <laughs> maybe what's expected. It's pronounced online because you lose a lot of nuance, um, especially in like a forum-based thing and Zoom calls. Uh, you know, and and just people wanting to dominate conversations or they're not on mute and they have no awareness that their kid is screaming in the background, you know, just like whatever it is, or they, you know, their camera's on and the background is very sus. And you're just like, eh, maybe you should turn your camera or they're driving. I don't know. We <laughs> you know, whatever. It's just like, eh. there's just like some digital etiquette things that not everybody is on the same chapter of that book. And so even things like that, like we've actually added digital etiquette to our community guidelines and it's kind of a new thing. And I think it's just like, just these, these reminders of, you know, if you've spoken a lot in a, in a call, maybe it's time to sit down because this isn't a one on one coaching. It's, it's, it's a, it's a community thing and things like that. So I, I yeah, I think it's smart to just, <laughs> community is not passive. Expect to audit and revisit things a couple times a year. I think is a good, I think. Honestly, twice a year is good unless something very serious happens and you're like, this needs to change now, but just schedule it like beginning of Q1, beginning of Q3 or two and four, however you want to do it. Just be like, does this all make sense? And I think you'll have a sense based on what's been going on. You'll be like, you know what this, you know what we need to do.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we have, I know for the employee handbook, for example, we have what we call a living version of it, which is throughout the year we'll go in and we'll like make notes on it of like, Oh, when we audit this at the end of the year, like mostly is so that we don't forget about these things, <laughs> but I would highly recommend a living document. You can't see me, but I'm quoting. I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> a living air quotes. Document. I did it.
0: I've done it yeah. several times too. We are very cool.
1: <laughs> We're uh, so cool. Also new idea for a workshop or a course, which would be a digital finishing school. People can <laughs> learn their digital manners. An etiquette. Does that? I
0: immediately go to A League of Their Own, the movie. I haven't seen
1: the show yet. But I've I, I never can't. seen it. Sorry. Sorry. I'm a disappointment. I know. It's a great movie. You should go watch it this weekend, but there's this
0: finishing school part and there's just this line. If this stays in the episode, two people might understand this, but they're at a finishing school to learn to be proper ladies playing, you know, baseball as one does. And uh, the woman is like, leading them and going gracefully and grandly gracefully and grandly and they're like following her and no one can see me but my arm is going up and down if you know you know
1: (laughs) and that was great because Esther's never seen it Um, I'm sorry I will watch (laughs) it I will catch up I just always think of like walking with a book balanced on your head yes they did that too yeah I remember my grandmother made me do that when I was a child really and yes how'd it go Books are for reading. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: not how you consume.
1: It turns out. Books, (laughs) grandma. And
0: this is how we are in real life too. And then we create a lot of work for ourselves four hours later. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's also just like, that's community, baby. Like talk to people, talk to people in your community. And that's how you like create, -create. co-create, co-create your community. I also think that's If you don't have guidelines and moderation policies in place and you have a pretty tight community, well, bravo, but also like get your community involved, ask for feedback on guidelines and onboarding and expectations. Do people understand, you know, what, what's the point and what's cool and what's not cool. I think that's a very great way to also just
1: reinforce those things. Well, and so you have a sense of ownership too, to your members Like I helped inform these, which is the point. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Cause guess who's going to
0: stand up for them if they helped create them. And I will say that is what eventually happens in communities. If you have good guidelines that people understand and you're very consistent with them, people are watching you. So how you're dealing with things, anything that's happening like publicly, which, and I would say, do it publicly like yeah you should go into you should go into private conversations with people about like their what happened according to them and like when you're investigating because guess what (laughs) that's part of the job but like the decisions the overall why was this removed you know like that like be transparent and do it in public one for trust and to a point right like if, if it's damaging to someone maybe make make accommodations but you want everyone to feel like they, like everyone knows something went down. They want to see what happens. So let them see. And not like, uh, oh my gosh, here's, here's the tea, right? Like Sarah Jane did this. So I kicked her out good riddance. Not like that, but just, you know, you can lock, like it's just as simple as if you lock a post or remove things and lock it or whatever. You post something and you pin it or however, you know, however it works in your community. And you say, conversation got out of hand. So we have removed it. Please end it here you know, give everyone some space. If you are having an issue with this, or if someone is still contacting you about it, contact me and let me know. But otherwise, let's move on. This isn't why we're here, right? And so just doing that, people will be like, okay. And then if, if because fights sometimes will continue on into the DMs, you know, depending what it is. And so you want people to know like, oh, hey, Jillian, that person is still bothering me. They're saying this, they're saying that you will get so many screenshots. Oh my gosh. You know, and just like all of that Cause then like, you can still deal with it, but the the greater community knows like, oh, this is getting shut down. Like party, like <laughs> shows over, <laughs> you passed the train wreck. You don't have to watch anymore and, and things get back to normal. Right. But it's a good, like, if you don't do that and you just lock things and you're like not verbalizing, you're not communicating to the greater community. It starts to feel like, <laughs> I was going to say. A joke on a joke. I was going to say the Gestapo and then I was like, no, it's the gazpacho. It starts (laughs) to feel like you're being over policed and people don't like that. No one's going to voluntarily stick around to be in a place where, you know, you're playing Elon at Twitter where you're like, block that one, kick that
1: one out, give this one priority. Like, you know? Yeah. Well, and if you don't give them the information, they're going to fill it in on their own and they're probably going to make assumptions that are the worst. The worst. (laughs) the darkest I like spiral least positive like right? again. yeah <laughs> it's just conspiracy <laughs> theories at that point yeah circling
0: back to where i was when i for it was wasn't talking about chilled tomato suits people seeing you do that once <laughs> once people under like see like this is how it is and i am safe here they will start like one they will tell you as soon as something's going down so you'll be like like you know, you'll get the receipts and you'll get them quicker than maybe if you had seen it yourself and people like, and people will use the flagging tools and people will comment and they will say the thing that you were going to say, which sometimes gets out of hand because they take it a little too far. They say something that's not quite, but for the most part, people will advocate for the safety of the community and model the behavior you have instilled and shown. And it's kind of that self-serving, it's the neighborhood watch, right? Is that a, I don't know if that's a good or a bad. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, maybe not. Okay. Well, it's like the community will take care of itself to a point. Like, obviously, you should still hop in, but people will not stand for it if, if they know what's supposed to happen. And like, you know, our communities are pretty, uh, they're pretty happy-go-lucky. We don't have too many issues. But if something happens, I have six DMs from six different people with screenshots and receipts and context and whatnot. Like sometimes I wake up, turn on the computer. It's like Monday morning. And it's like, so here's what went down. (laughs) An eight person report.
1: And you're like, oh no, I need coffee first. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it's like,
0: it's such a good sign because people know I'll look at it all. I'll go figure out what's going on. And then I will communicate with every, I won't tell them all the things, but I'll be like, Hey, thank you. I just want you to know we've dealt with this. I don't, you know, for the respect of other people, I'm not going to go into it, but please know that this is resolved. And if you have continued issues, like, let me know. And you, you know, everyone wants to know, like, but, oh, sure. Who wouldn't? We're all nosy. But I mean, I would. Yeah, I'm nosy as hell. But it works. And then that person knows, like, I can come back to you. And and if I'm on the other side of that, I know you're going to treat me fairly. You're going to take your time and go talk to people and, and, and then come back with, you know, and I will deal with people. I will tell people like, hey, this thing happened. It's not cool. Could you do me a favor? And not, <laughs> or, you know, whatever it is. And like, usually, you know, it's tough. It's a tough conversation, but it ends. I want people to, even if they're a little like rebuffed from mm-hmm. getting called out for something, whether, you know, that they may or may not agree was a problem. I want them to still feel like a part of the community, not like they've been, their hand has been slapped or that they have, you know, the, the red shame. A- yeah. 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 On their, we're not, yeah. We're not going to haul them down to the whatever. Yeah. Anyway, well, we had them with
1: a <laughs> But the bell saying shame. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean that, that we could do, I guess. But, uh,
1: via GIF, I would do that. No. <laughs> Probably the safest way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So question. Hmm. Have we scared everyone off from wanting to be a contractor for a community with <laughs> this conversation?
0: <laughs> I didn't even think about that side of it. I just thought about the people hiring, and they're like, actually, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> They're like, I stopped listening 20 minutes ago. And- <laughs> That's you. That's probably accurate. We're just talking to ourselves.
1: We should have like a, a secret word. If you've made it this far, <laughs> congratulations. Here's yeah. a coupon for, yeah, <laughs> a million dollars. Here's a coupon for our ice cream community. Goodness <laughs> I've already been
0: kicked free out. Free
1: pints. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, we should wrap it.
0: I have a feeling people have questions <laughs> or, they, Always. or they just quit and <laughs> no more community for them. They're not here yet. Yeah. They left. So <laughs> this could be a good live Twitter chat, which we've started doing every Tuesday, the SPI live. And or we could just do another we could do another episode. I would love to do a call in episode where people say mailbag in questions. Mailbag. A mailbag episode. Yeah. I, I think that would actually just be fun to do forever.
1: Send just, us some mail and we'll we'll read it and answer the we'll questions. We'll read it
0: from the mailbag. Yeah, so send us your mailbag, help at <laughs> teamsbi.com. For real. If you have questions. Let's do it. Just just put mailbag, CXPod mailbag as the uh, subject. And we would love to answer your questions unless they violate our guidelines. Then we will not. So
1: Then we will have a very <laughs> stern response for you. Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> we will ban you from the mailbag. Just kidding. All right. Well, on that note, it's the weekend for us as of 20 minutes ago, if you couldn't tell. By the time you listen to this, holidays are over and I hope you're
1: fantastical. SJ, any parting words? Not really. I mean, be good to each other. <laughs> like that sounds so cheesy, Bye. but like really <laughs> yeah. like even going back to, to contracts, to community guidelines, just be good to each other be fair yeah so, and thanks Don't for having me yeah
0: ooh final tip on the way out well just the tip is <laughs> we're not even drinking walk away you know unlike, like deal with deal with situations shut things down but if someone sends you just a scathing angry message or like something or they didn't like how you <laughs> dealt with something or you know whatever walk away go outside and take a walk come back it'll be a lot easier to deal
1: with. Mm, Um, That's good advice. You're
0: human. It's okay. And be kind to yourself too while you're being kind to others. Hey, I like that. Yeah, there we go. So on that note, thank you for listening and we'll see you again next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. And that's the episode. Hopefully you made it through not too much jibber jabbering, but you know, as we do, everyone has their work bestie and we had a blast recording. So I hope it was valuable. Yeah. If you're interested in doing a mailbag, I think that would be really fun. So you can send your mailbag questions to help at teamspi.com and maybe, you know, if we get a few, we'll do a future episode. All right. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you next Tuesday. If you're looking for the best way to hone your skills and grow your business in 2023, your search is over. Introducing the all-access pass from SPI Media, a community-powered program to master vital skills, accelerate your business in less time, and access trailblazing resources, all alongside a motivating community. When it comes to learning anything, the research couldn't be more clear, When accountability checkpoints are baked into the experience, goals are much more likely to be met. How much more likely? Well, according to the American Society of Training and Development, 95% more likely. The all-access pass combines the power of community with innovative online course curricula. It's the education you need within a supportive community that keeps you accountable. But the all-access pass isn't just a course library with a community attached. No, no. Inside All Access, we've designed specific pathways to lead you towards the goals you want to achieve in 2023. Want to start a podcast or grow a podcast? Want to create a course, grow your email subscribers? We've got you covered. For example, the Income Booster Pathway. It's designed with all niches in mind, and you'll learn how to drive more traffic and income to your business, adding new revenue streams in the process. The pathway leads you through our Traffic Booster Workshop and two of our signature courses, one, two, three affiliate marketing and A to Z webinars, laying the groundwork for accelerated income in your business. You'll define pillar content, learn passive affiliate strategies, and start running killer webinars. Again, with the powerful community on your side the entire time and bonus materials just for that pathway. And this is just one of the pathways in All Access Path, with more being added. With the All Access Pass, you'll find the right pathway to take you where you want to go in 2023. Go to smartpassiveincome.com slash allaccess23 to take the next big step in your entrepreneurial journey. One more time, smartpassiveincome.com slash allaccess23, the number 23. smartpassiveincome.com slash allaccess23. I can't wait to see where your path takes you. Your lead host for the community experience is me, Jillian Benbow. Our executive producer is Matt Gartland. Our senior producer is David Grabowski. And our editor is Paul Gregors Sound editing by Duncan Brown. Theme music by David Grabowski. See you next Tuesday.